Welcome to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. In this podcast, financial planner Peter Raskin helps families and business owners understand and prepare for their wealth journey. Along the way, thoughtful and detailed planning can provide clarity and confidence as clients confront a multitude of financial decisions. Listen in as Peter shares stories and insight into people's wealth journeys. Now, let's get into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to Wealth is in the Details with Peter Raskin from Raskin Planning Group. Today, we're going to be talking about how to prepare for the five big risks in retirement. Good morning, Peter. How are you? I'm fine, thanks. How about you, Eric? Doing well. Doing very, very well. We are we are definitely into 2019 now, and a lot of people, and from from the statistics I hear, about 10,000 people a day are retiring. Is that about right? <laughs> I've heard that as well. Yeah, it's pretty so, amazing. I'm not one of them today, so <laughs> don't worry about me. Oh, I think I said 10,000 a day. It's actually 10,000 a year because 10,000 a day would be huge, right? That'd be a ton. Or is it 10,000 a day? Yeah. I'm not sure. Either way, there's a bunch of risks involved with retirement, and that's what we're going to be talking about today, right? Yep, that's our uh, goal. All right. In previous podcasts, we've discussed contingency planning for the unexpected, things that we can't control. And in this podcast, you're going to be talking about five risks, and maybe some of them are things we can control, and hopefully that we can make some changes on. Is that about right? Yeah, exactly. All right. So as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, it's just impossible to predict the future. So there's so much we don't know about our tomorrows and and this journey that we're all on. And frankly, it's overwhelming when we think about all those different paths and and the obstacles that we Mm -hmm. might face. So I always think it's helpful to stop trying to look into that crystal ball. Instead, let's think about those five risks that I just, I know retirees are likely to face. And then try to manage these risks. And if we do a good job with these big ones, I believe these obstacles, hurdles, and difficulties that we all could face might be easier to get over and through. Yeah, I think that magic eight ball when we were kids was a pretty good indicator that there is no ball that's going to tell us anything worthwhile. <laughs> you know, I have yet to have a uh, any type of ball that I shake in like a snow globe or anything tell me lottery numbers. So no, it, it I'm just going to give work. it up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so where do we start with the risks? Yeah, let's just list them and then we'll look at what each one individually. Okay. So the way I look at it is there are five risks. The first one is inflation risk, mm-hmm. longevity risk, market risk, task risk, and healthcare risk. All right. And that's not in any specific order. That's just how we're talking about it. Got it. Okay. So first, let's think about inflation risk. And when I think about inflation, it's it just as we define it, it's just the gradual increase in the cost of living. Mm-hmm. So goods and services tend to increase in costs, sometimes slowly and sometimes much more quickly. I won't go into the reasons for inflation. Economists continue to debate this question. And I think it's fair to say that most economists believe that low and moderate inflation is just evidence of a growing economy. Mm-hmm. It's, an, it's a good thing. So my point here is that we need to assume inflation just will affect our purchasing power in the future, since all these goods and services that we'll be buying are just going to become more expensive as we age. Yes. Just as as an example of that, in the mid-80s, when I was my daughter's age, I was paying about $250 per month to live in the apartment I was living in. Mm -hmm. 
and she's living in a similar part of town in an apartment that isn't as nice and is paying over a thousand dollars per month. Oh yeah. And that's just an example of inflation. Yep. So think of inflation as a slow leak from a tire. Mm -hmm. It might not affect the car's performance immediately, but over time, it can become a real problem. Yeah, it's and, you know it's funny because in 1974, I was born in 1974, and a brand new car in 1974 averaged about three thousand five hundred dollars. Peter, if we bought a car for three thousand five hundred dollars today, I wouldn't want to drive that car. I'd be I'd be a brand new car for thirty five hundred. I would love that option, but uh, I don't think it'd be very safe. Yeah, no, you'd have to. <laughs> that would be one with about two hundred thousand miles on it. Yeah, it definitely have to be used. It wouldn't be a new car. Right. That makes sense. All right. This slow leak example is the same with inflation. Mm -hmm. it, it just over time, inflation is potentially a real problem for retirees. Let's think about those numbers. In, inflation in the United States over the last 50 years has averaged about 4%. Mm. We had really high inflation back in the 1970s and early 80s, and at times well over 10% per year. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was dramatic. And since the early 90s, it's been much more moderate. And over the last 10 years, it's actually quite low. Hmm. And it's now hovering around 2%. All right. Here's the real problem. If your retirement assets and income aren't keeping up with inflation, over time, your purchasing power is slowly going down. Well, you and I have talked about that before, where even a savings account doesn't give you 2%, right? And it may give you a half of a percentage or a quarter percentage or whatever. And then people that think, well, I'm just going to stick cash under my mattress, you lose money every year because of that. Exactly. Yeah. If you're not keeping up with inflation, and, and let's just say inflation averages 2.5% over these next 25 years, mm -hmm. over that time, your dollar will lose almost half of its purchasing power. Wow, that's dramatic. So if your income stays the same, it's the same dollar amount over the next 25 years, your dollar will feel more like 50 cents. Yeah. And it, just thinking out loud, it's kind of like whatever you're driving now or whatever you're living in now, think of half the quality or half the ability of whatever you're, you're trying to purchase. That's a pretty big problem. Yeah. Oh, it, it absolutely can be. Hmm. Peter, what can we do about inflation risk? The obvious answer would be if your money is, is invested and not keeping up with inflation, assume it's staying the same value, you'd have to reduce your living expenses each and every year. Mm -hmm. I don't have a lot of clients that really want to do that. In our mind, if this is a, a long-term investment account, if it's long-term focused and it's for investments that are earmarked for retirement, the focus should be on investing in a way that gives you a good chance to beat inflation. Mm -hmm. And historically, bank savings, checking, money market accounts, and even CDs are, are really safe, but they hardly keep up with inflation. They're great. These vehicles, these bank savings and, and guaranteed vehicles are great for short periods of time. If you know you need money in six months or 12 months, they're perfect. But over long periods of time, Assets like stocks, bonds, and real estate tend to provide returns that are higher than inflation. Gotcha. There's, but there's a trade-off. Stocks, bonds, real estate are just more volatile than no-risk assets like bank CDs and savings accounts. Mm -hmm. These kind of investments, 
They just won't increase in value each and every year. Sometimes they might even go down in value. But an appropriate and well-managed long-term investment portfolio really has a better chance of beating inflation than this no-risk strategy. Yeah. So if you remember that slow leak analogy, that tire will eventually go flat mm -hmm. if you're only investing in no-risk investment accounts. Yeah. Let me give you an example. So it's just a client example. The, the, the Johnsons have been great savers. They're approaching retirement in their early 60s, and the planning process that we took them through helped us determine that they have enough. They've got plenty of assets to meet their long-term goals. They've been really good savers, and they've been conservative investors with just large positions in, in no-risk assets. But as they think about their goals... They really want that opportunity to give their kids and their grandkids assets over time. Mm -hmm. They just don't want to wait for this to happen until they're deceased. They want to do it while they're alive. Yeah. Perfectly fine goal. You know, it gives them pleasure to, to help their kids and grandkids. So they want their family to enjoy these assets. And as we reviewed their planning, they basically have two options. They could reduce their living expenses and do with less during retirement for themselves, or they could shift some of these no-risk or low-risk investment assets into long-term investment accounts mm. that really have a, a much better chance of providing returns in excess of inflation. Got it. After much discussion, they really decided that what they should do is move into a move some of their assets into a portfolio of stocks and bonds. And they felt that this stock and bond strategy was going to fit within their risk parameters. So basically you're saying they made the decision, the Johnsons made a decision that they have to accept some of the market risk in order to reduce the inflation risk. Exactly. Okay. And that's, that's exactly the trade-off uh, retirees need to make. I'm pretty certain about this slow leak of inflation and how this will most real this most certainly will affect retirees over 20 and 30 years. Mm -hmm. I think inflation is part of our economy and we have to accept it. But let's compare that to the returns of a portfolio that's 50% in stocks and 50% in bonds. So from 1926 through 2017 that's a 91-year period, mm -hmm. a portfolio that's invested in the S&P 500 stock index and a portfolio that's 50% invested in U.S. intermediate-term government bonds mm -hmm. did better than inflation over 70% of the calendar years we just discussed. Okay. So during that time period, inflation averaged almost 3%. And the average return of this kind of investment strategy, 50% stocks, 50% bonds, was, was about 8.5%. Hmm. This strategy that I described, this balanced strategy, did go down in value some years, but 80% of those calendar years were positive. Gotcha. It tells me that there's a really good chance that this strategy, balanced, uh, will achieve returns in excess of inflation. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the way, this information is, is from one of our, the investment firms that we work with, a firm called SEI Investments, and I'm glad to send anyone the, the data if they're interested. Yeah, that would be great. How do they get that from you? They can just send me an email or give me a call. 
Wonderful. Let's give that information at the end of the podcast. Yep. Great. Perfect. So let's accept this fact that stocks and bond markets go up and down and they won't always provide investors with this steady annual return. And I think the biggest market risk issue for retirees is the uncertainty of returns Mm -hmm. and how it affects their future income. Okay. So in planning jargon, we call this the sequence of returns risk. If you have two or three years in a row that are negative and you're taking money out of your portfolio, it can take a long time to recover from your losses. Mm, Okay. And since we don't know the order of your future returns, meaning we don't know when you'll receive positive or negative returns in any given year, we need to invest assuming that we might see future negative returns at really bad times, at inopportune times. Yeah. This topic of the this sequence of returns risk is really worth an entire podcast. Stay tuned. We'll go into more detail about that subject in the future. Yeah, I'd like to because it sounds very interesting. It really is. And it's vital that investors and retirees understand how that can affect them. All right. So in the meantime, let's think about solutions to the sequence of return risk that I just discussed. Mm -hmm. And one of those solutions is to, as you're drawing down, as you're taking money from your investment accounts, is to take it from your very conservative investment or cash accounts when there's market volatility. And this gives your longer-term investment accounts a better chance of recovering sooner. Mm -hmm. And this is exactly what the Johnsons will do when there's market volatility. One reason they felt comfortable moving a bit of their portfolio to something that was more of a balanced stock and bond portfolio, because they knew that they could always take money out of their very low-risk and no-risk investment accounts. Got it. So earlier, you also mentioned longevity risk. What is longevity risk? Longevity risk is simply the risk of living longer than your money. Mm -hmm. And on previous podcasts, we've discussed the probability of retirees living into their 90s. And just a review of that, a a healthy 65-year-old married couple should really plan on the likelihood that at least one of them will still be alive into their 90s. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's potentially a need for income of almost 30 years. Yeah. And so it just let's frame this longevity risk issue. Let's assume you have a million dollars invested in a conservative investment that's just keeping up with inflation, not exceeding, just keeping up. Mm -hmm. And if that's the case, let's divide a million, a million dollars by 30, 30 years and the, the million dollars will be able to provide a level purchasing power of $33,333 per year for 30 years. Mm-hmm. So after 30 years, assuming this couple lives for that long, uh, there just won't be anything left for the children or grandchildren. Okay, Peter, you mentioned purchasing power of that $33,333 each year. From what I'm understanding, if it's keeping up with inflation, what you mean is the day they retire, when they take $33,333 that first year, at year 30, it's the same purchasing power that it had before. So it's about the same value, even though it may not be the same dollar amount. That's exactly right. Okay. Okay. That's I just wanted to clarify that in my mind. Thank you. Sure. The other concern is, you know, what happens if other expenses pop up? Oh, yeah if other things they want to do or or other risks they might be facing. Hmm. 
So I've had lots of clients tell us that they're just fine having a dollar left in their accounts when they die. Yeah. They're quite willing to spend 100% of their assets during their lifetime. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is if we had that crystal ball that tells us our date of death, financial planning would really be easy. Mm-hmm. But we just don't know how inflation will affect us, how we don't know the sequence of returns. We don't know about investment markets. We don't know how other potential risks are going to play out during our remaining lifetime. Yeah. What are the last two risks that we need to prepare for? Yeah, we've spent considerable time in previous podcasts describing these risks, so I won't go into great detail today. I'll just I'll do a quick review and refer listeners to those podcasts. Mm-hmm. The fourth risk is healthcare risk. Mm-hmm. And this is a huge risk for retirees, especially for those long-term care expenses that we've discussed, yeah. those expenses that are necessary for those that are chronically ill and need assistance doing activities of daily living. And as I've mentioned in the past, these potential custodial costs can exceed ten dollars to $15,000 per month. And they're un they're not likely to be covered by Medicare and other insurance plans. Mm -hmm. So as we age, the risk of needing these expensive services increases, putting family assets at risk. We've recommended that people consider insuring these risks with long-term care insurance. Mm -hmm. Yep. That was a great podcast. We need to get listeners to go back and listen to that if that's something that is concerning to them because you did a great job covering that. Yeah, I think it's really important. Yeah. And so that's a big risk for, for retirees, and especially if we assume longevity. Mm-hmm. We assume that people are going to live a long time. And then tax risk is the fifth risk that's really important. Mm-hmm. I think of taxes as, as another small puncture in the tire that releases a little bit more air, causing the tire to go flatter faster. Mm-hmm. And we've also done um, a whole series on tax planning that listeners should review. Taxes are really an important drain on your investment earnings. So just think, every dollar you take out of your traditional IRA is taxes ordinary income. For every dollar, some of that is going to the uh, the IRS for taxes. That's no fun. No fun, right. <laughs> uh, interest and dividends are taxed. And when your stocks are sold for a gain, you likely have to pay capital gain taxes on your profits. It's vital that we do the proper planning pre and post retirement to minimize these taxes. And this can make a significant difference in your overall planning. Yeah. And another risk is that a tax policy is subject to change. Mm -hmm. So we really, we can make some assumptions about today, but tax policy is just going to change. And it's going to change over the next five years, 10 years, 20 years. That you can take to the bank. I'm pretty certain that's going to happen. And taxes are likely to go up. They're likely to go down. And we need to make adjustments to our planning as we progress further along this wealth journey. Well, bottom line is that folks need to be working with a professional. And I know that you are highly connected in the community and highly connected with a lot of other professionals. And being able to sit down with you and ask these questions and say, okay, here's what our plans are for the next you know, 30, 40 years. How do we get there? That's the service you provide. And we talked earlier about, or we spoke earlier about putting out your, your phone number and your email for those that are interested in that document, the statistics from SEI. Could you give us those? Sure. Telephone is 617-728-7433 and email is 
peter.raskin at lfg.com. Fantastic. Thank you, Peter, for your time. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, I think just if we deal with these five big risks in your planning, I think what you'd find is that that your plan will really come together quite nicely mm-hmm. and your journey will become less anxious. Yeah, I agree. And that's the biggest thing is that if people know risks are out there, that can cause apprehension and stress. And, and uh, if you know that you've at least addressed them and you have a plan, because at the bottom line, you've got to have a plan to start with, that can help people breathe easier and, and have a, a lot less stress in their life. Yeah, it gives you control. You're able to control the circumstance. Absolutely. Thank you again, Peter, for your time today. Thank you. All right. And thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast with Peter Raskin. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Peter comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. It also makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Thanks again for listening today. For everyone at Raskin Planning Group, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Wealth is in the Details podcast. Click the subscribe button below to be notified when new episodes become available. The information covered and posted represents the views and opinions of the guest and does not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning. Peter Raskin is a registered representative of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Securities offered through Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation, a broker, dealer, member SIPC. Investment advisory services offered through Sagemark Consulting, a division of Lincoln Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through Lincoln Affiliates and other fine companies. Raskin Planning Group is not an affiliate of Lincoln Financial Advisors. Lincoln Financial Advisors Corporation and its representatives do not provide legal or tax advice. You may want to consult a legal or tax advisor regarding any legal or tax information as it relates to your personal circumstances.